Welcome to another sermon podcast from Central Presbyterian Church in Atlanta, Georgia. This episode will feature a sermon delivered by Susan Landrum. The sermon is based on scripture from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10 and chapter 62, verse 3, and Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Central Sunday morning service for the 31st of December, 2023, the first Sunday of Christmas, was streamed to our website, our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel. A complete video or sermon audio replay of this service may be found on cpcatlanta.org. Select the upper right menu, and then Sermons Under Worship. Our Gospel text this morning comes from Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Listen now for the story from our Lord. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written by the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Holy wisdom, holy word. So when I find myself at the airport this time of year, one of my favorite things to do while waiting is to watch the reunions that are inevitably happening all around me. Waiting for our beloveds to emerge into that baggage claim area is an exercise in patience for everyone and a treat to bear witness to. Inevitably, a family will come off the top of that strange snaking escalator 
and young children will burst forth and run towards one or two expectant older adults. Sometimes these adults will be decked out with Santa hats or antlers, necklaces made of blinking lights, some sign of the season and their unadulterated joy. Arms fly open, waists bend down, faces turn up, and big hugs take place. And then straggling behind, you'll catch a glimpse of the parents, dragging backpacks, diaper bags, all the accompanying signs of travel, a slightly harrowed look on their face telling the story of the survived flight. They look on at the reunion with a mixture of amazement at the love pouring forth and maybe even a little indignation while they wait for their own hug. It's surely full of its own love, but a little less grandiose. Sometimes a parent is carrying a new baby or infant, and I assure you from my witnessing that no matter what, that child will receive the first greeting and be handed into the arms of one who has been waiting for their arrival. Friends, these reunions always start with recognition. We can be the people scanning the faces streaming off the escalator, or we can be those that are emerging from that tunnel, looking to the assembled crowd in front of us for some signal that we have arrived. In my own experience, when I find those I am waiting for, my heart does a dance in my chest, my feet pick up the pace, and I ready myself for one of those vigorous hugs. Within these reunions, we recognize the sense of peace and joy that is on the other side of waiting. Our text this morning echoes this joy of recognition. We have this young couple, Mary and Joseph, who are making their way to the temple to do what is required of them according to Jewish law. This is a purposeful journey with a clear destination, the holy city. In many ways, like Shannon's interpretation of Barbara Brown Taylor's observations of Jesus last week, Jesus was just a regular baby in the eyes of his Jewish community, and his parents were doing the things that any parents of a regular baby would do. But then we meet Simeon. This righteous and devout old man has been waiting for a sign from the Holy Spirit that the Messiah has come so he can rest and let go into death. So on the day that Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple, the Holy Spirit guides Simeon in at the very right moment and taking one look at that regular baby in his parents' arms, this old man scoops that baby right up, recognizing God's work in that small new face. Friends, what a scene. This old man and this tiny baby folded into one another by the Holy Spirit, all while the new parents bear witness to this meeting. Simeon recognized God with us, the Messiah, in that new, very human life. But the story doesn't stop there. Simeon turns to Mary and offers an unsettling message of the complexity of Jesus' future. This truth, that Jesus will cause the rise and the fall of many and be opposed throughout his life, is a different kind of recognition. The Messiah coming into this world is not just a story of glory and triumph, but it will cause everything to break wide open, even the heart of Jesus' parents. Simeon's divine truth is not simply in the words he speaks, but in the fullness of his testimony. This baby that he has held has changed everything and will continue to for generations to come. And while there is triumphant beauty in that truth, there is also pain and heartbreak 
in a world that isn't ready for change. And then there's Anna. She is a curious character to me. After the intimacy of Simeon's interaction with the young family, Anna is held up as almost a second opinion of Simeon's proclamation. But Anna is named as the prophet. Anna's lineage is outlined for us. She is an old widow, having been married only seven years, and according to the text, seemingly on her own for the great portion of her adult life. We don't know if she has children from that short seven-year marriage, and I dare say that this omission is a powerful one. It leaves us the space to consider where those of us that don't have our own children enter into these texts, where those of us that expand limited notions of what a family is show up. I can't help but think of Miriam, the sister of Moses, and a prophet who dances before God as well, also unmarried and childless. These women, or these people who live differently, who don't fit into the very structured society of the ancient world, or the current ideal of the nuclear family, are crucial in God's kingdom. They are unexpected and necessary messengers. It is Anna, after all, who reaches out to the crowd that is gathered at that temple to tell them about this regular baby who is anything but. It is Anna who brings the good news outward, ensuring that what Simeon recognizes in the small boy he holds in his arms is told and shared and proclaimed widely. And then there's the Holy Spirit. The story of these two Jewish sages recognizing the baby Jesus as the Messiah hinges on the movement of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit rests on Simeon and guides him into the temple at the exact right moment when the young family makes their way in as well. The deep knowing that Simeon was seeing the very thing that would set him free was rooted in his connection to the Holy Spirit. I believe that the words he speaks to Mary are gifts from the Spirit as well, ensuring that through him, the parents of Jesus, are even more equipped to understand the purpose of his life on earth. That message is for us as well. God continues to prepare us all for Christ's inbreaking through the work of the Spirit. Prophets like Anna are intimates with the Holy Spirit, igniting and elucidating their words and their visions. This day at the temple shows us that the Holy Spirit is moving within and among us, all of us, every age and stage, design of life and family, to ensure that the story of Christmas remains real and recognizable and relevant. As we sink deeper into this season and look towards a new year, I admit that I'm curious how I can and will connect to the Holy Spirit's movement. It's clear from the text that Simeon and Anna were attuned to the Spirit through a strong life of prayer and worship. They were at the ready for God's messages to break in and through to be able to recognize Emmanuel. And I admit that I am not sure in my own busyness, my flutter of to-do lists, deadlines, personal development goals, that I am making the same room for the Spirit to move and for me to recognize her. So friends, I wonder what we can do right here at Central to fling open our spiritual doors to the Holy Spirit. I genuinely ask so we can begin the conversation in this new and exciting season in our church life. We have such energy and passion intergenerational joy and connection. It feels like the time is ripe to care deeply for one another's spiritual openness through prayer and fellowship. So here's a really simple idea. 
What if each of us chose to hold someone in prayer this week that we passed the peace to earlier in the service? Someone you don't know as well. What if we commit to this practice throughout the year, week by week? Because if we attune ourselves to the Holy Spirit's movement, we also open ourselves up to the messengers. Simeon and Anna were not the grandparents or the intimates waiting eagerly at the top of that escalator. They were two wise old people standing somewhere on the perimeter of the crowd and waiting. The New Testament scholar Shively Smith writes about the story that it makes room for a variety of bodies and proximities to the gospel message. It makes room for all genders. It makes room for youth and elder. It makes room for the poor, disappointed, and unsuspecting. The good news of Jesus' birth is that insiders and outsiders of our immediate communities and families can carry the good news of God's salvation, liberation, acceptance, not just to others in the world, but to one another as well. We have so many opportunities right here at church to open ourselves up to the Spirit's messengers in unexpected places. Churches and other religious communities are some of the few truly intergenerational spaces left. Central itself offers plenty of opportunities to encounter people across all kinds of spectrums. So as we head into a new year, what if each of us chose a way to encounter and engage with a new messenger of the Spirit? Someone of a different age or stage, someone we might meet at the foot clinic or the night shelter or over a cup of coffee in Toll Hall? What if we make room for the very binary itself between insider and outsider to be broken up, down, and wide open? In her powerful year-end reflection that ran this week in the New York Times, the author and illustrator Mira Jacob gives us this. Sometimes, when I am very still in my wildest self, I can feel it already. The invisible tether growing between us, pulling us toward a world that sees what we see, a world that will love us back. Jacob might not put it in these words, but I will. The Holy Spirit is that tether, connecting us to the relationships and the messengers and the opportunities to cultivate the love of Christ all around us, which is the world that loves us back. We are all waiting to be recognized. We are all connected. Last week, we were reminded that Christmas does not end at the manger, but proceeds towards the cross, through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. This world, the very cosmos, is transformed by Christ's arrival. The Holy Spirit tethers us to the story of our faith and to one another. The Holy Spirit tethers us to an active love of God that appears in our relationships with one another. The Holy Spirit tethers us to the possibilities of God's kingdom taking shape right now. And after these hard weeks, I know that these possibilities can remain buried in our, to our individual imaginations under the very real devastation of war and climate catastrophe, increasing poverty, and politics that try to fracture our humanity. Yet today's gospel holds out the hope that the Holy Spirit is always resting on us and guiding us towards Jesus, towards Emmanuel. Of course, we have to figure out how to slow down, to notice, 
to recognize the Holy Spirit's work in one another, just like Simeon and Anna did that day in Jerusalem. So on this Sunday and Christmas, I'm back at the top of that escalator with each of you, crowded together with Simeon and Anna and so many fellow messengers. We have waited for Emmanuel, and the Spirit has rested on each of us. So let us be guided with open arms and wide hearts towards each un- un- uh, excuse me, unexpected encounter with Christ. Let us recognize Christ in one another. May it be so. Amen. We are glad you joined us for this podcast from Central Presbyterian Church. Central is a welcoming congregation of the Presbyterian Church USA located in downtown Atlanta across from the state capitol. For more information about the life, work and ministries please visit our website at cpcatlanta.org. We also invite you to join us for worship and Sunday school and experience this exciting and diverse body of believers who seek to be bearers of God's justice in the world. Thanks again for listening.